0: Hello, you. It's Graham Norton here. Thank you for listening to my Virgin Radio podcast with Waitrose. Well, we've made it another year of fabulous guests, delicious recipes from show chef Martha, and problem solved in Graham's guide. So, for the final one of 2022, let's see what we've lined up for you this weekend. Daphne Keane joined me in the studio to chat about her starring role as Lyra in series three of His Dark Materials on BBC One. Richard Armitage shares his first-ever thriller and exclusive audiobook, Genesign. Neva out in Audible now. Show Chef Martha stuffs us with tips for the big day. And because it's Christmas, we have two competitions. Guess the guest and a final round of the Waitrose Christmas Cracker Competition. And we're putting our heads together to solve some festive dilemmas in Graham's Guide. Here's Maria to kick us off.
1: Good morning, Graham Norton. How are you? Well, I'm a bit fluey, oh, no. with you. Yes, I've got sore eyelids and I can't make a fist. That always was the sort of determining factor whether it was a cold or flu. And that's how I feel this morning. But I'm talking to you, so I'm very excited. And as well, Graeme, you know it's been quite the snowy week.
0: Yes, it has, I, I noticed. Out,
1: I went out at my ripe old age and played snowballs. And I can tell you, when it snowed and then the temperature drops, the snow turns quite icy and it's very ouchy when it hits you in the face.
0: And you've got <laughs> flu, you say?
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> Well I know there is some <laughs> clue there isn't there
0: And my there? eyes are sore <laughs> And I can't but make I... a fist because my hand is frozen solid
1: <laughs> But um I know I was wrapped up very warm I mean you can't you can't swaddle yourself can you you've got to go out in the British spirit and slither down the hill in your snow shoes, etc You only get it for a few days a year Exactly and
0: did you leave small children sobbing to their mothers going yes. the old lady yes. hit her <laughs> with frozen snowballs oh.
1: Less of the old lady, please. Get out my garden. Whack. Oh, Graham, I have to just say, your television show last night, I mean, Tom Hanks has to be the gift or that never stops giving, for all chat show people. It's like you just were able to sit back and go, oh, I can have a little sip of my drink and wind him up and let him go. Isn't he brilliant?
0: Honestly, he really is, hands down, the best guest. I mean, he's just phenomenal. And also, because what's interesting about him, he, he takes the limelight he earns, but then he's very good at turning and shining the light on the other people on the couch. And he asks them questions and he bigs them up and makes them more interesting. Everyone, all the guests were better because... Tom Hanks was there.
1: You, you really need to have him on every week. Can you organise that with him?
0: Or someone could commission the Tom Hanks show <laughs> and then I could just stay at home. <laughs>
1: yes that's true that's true you, the that, tom hank show yeah it would be yes.
0: better it would be better uh oh
1: Graham! graham i have to say to you as well sorry i keep having to oh say things. oh yes um no 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 it's a good thing i was it, it, lying in my sick bed yesterday feeling rather sorry for myself as one does and then a knock on the door a little delivery driver well it wasn't that small actually um and i had you know our friend the artist klim Evendon. oh yes he has done a collab with Clarins on some Christmas crackers, um, which I've never really liked to look of before. Christmas crackers generally, but these have got a very expensive Clarins product in each Ooh, and every one. Fancy. So I'm using. I'm slightly using them like. Um, like a, an advent calendar, I'm opening a new thing every time. pulling a cracker myself. Well, Dolly tries to get the other end, but she's not really very good at it. And I'm um, getting a new product. I'm, although, frankly, whatever the products, I really need builders in at the moment to put my face together rather than oh, just a bit of Clarence. Now, I, have to I say, need scaffolding. Given, yes.
0: that, given that I introduced you to Clem. Oh, yes. Uh, hello, delivery driver. Uh there's been no ding-dong at my door uh, with fabulous ha- um, crackers. Oh, well, like, oh, all I can God. say,
1: Graham, is maybe I'm better at keeping in touch. OK. I'll just leave that hanging there all just right. for a moment.
0: Mind Birthdays. you, we, we, had our, we had our TV show Christmas Lunch yesterday. Oh, how
1: was it? Your team? Your it, team the at The team. BBC. The
0: team was great. It was really good. But we had Christmas crackers. They were so bad you got to think, how do you have the nerve to kind of, in the factory, in the Christmas factory, do they just kind of roll them? Around? Yeah, that'll do. That's good enough. Because just terrible. The joke's awful. And you've got to, somebody had to write that joke. Someone had to write that on a bit of paper. That was absolutely awful. Uh, I, just, I think
1: a lot of the time as well, they're from different countries around the world, and what they do is they get translations, and the translation is completely wrong, so the joke makes no sense. So it says, you know, why did the ladder fall over? Because it was in the wrong place or something like that you know it's just that, not a that funny was, joke that, was of, <laughs> that
0: was the level of that was the level of jokes
1: but these ones are very good and they don't have jokes in because really you know, because, the jokes because an yes, yeah,
0: skincare is a very serious business. Yeah, why? Exactly why would you? Real. And also, if you laugh, you give yourself more wrinkles. So it's very, <laughs> very important not I to. I
1: think that's a price worth paying. But then I am looking like crazy paving at the moment.
0: So uh, all right, well, uh, <laughs> get your crazy paving face uh, into uh, a letter, and you can read it aloud to us. Virgin Radio.
1: Uh, right, you very that- good today. You're, you're on point this morning, Graham. We'll I thank you. I problem. thank you very much.
0: Dear Graham and Maria. Yeah,
1: dear yeah, Graham and Maria. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah, going yeah. to keep saying that until you stop. <laughs> 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 dear Graham. That- no, I didn't say anything! <laughs> dear Graham and Maria. I'm engaged to a very lovely man and we're getting married next year. We've been together over 10 years and have built a lovely life for ourselves. He's always been very adamant that he's not interested in having kids, while I've always been a bit ambivalent. I saw a future without kids as a positive thing where we'd have lots of travel and do lots of lovely things as a couple. But recently I've been getting strong broody feelings. I'm 35 and pretty much all of our friends have kids. I see them doing all these lovely family events and I feel we're just missing out. As a gay male couple, becoming parents wouldn't be the simplest thing in the world and I'm aware that even if we did both want kids, it would be a long and stressful path with no guarantee it would happen for us. But I can't help but feel a tinge of sadness when I now think of our future. This doesn't feel like the right attitude to have while walking into a marriage. I've discussed my feelings with my husband-to-be and he has been very sweet but adamant that kids aren't for him and to be fair to him he's been honest with me since day one I still feel like a life without him but without kids would be better than a life with kids and without him but all around me are couples with kids and I can't help but feel desperately sad that that will never be us I need to move on and accept it but I'm not sure how And that is from Reuben, who doesn't say where he's from. Oh, Reuben, you know, I felt sort of sympathetic towards your problem, but then I thought, if you've only got a tinge of sadness in your life, I think you're doing very well. I mean, kids are very expensive. There are no guarantees for you as a couple that this will work out. We see lots of celebrities who get babies via surrogates, etc. But it is not always easy. It's stressful, it's expensive. And I sort of want to say to you, Ruben, just live in the moment. Because you've got so many things, you've said how many lovely things you do have... But, you know, there's always a thing missing. It's a sort of compromise we make with life. I mean, you're not missing out. You, ha- you say to yourself, all of my friends have children. You can have relationships with those children. You can be a godparent to those children. You can hang out with those children and play with the children and get all the best things and then give them back when they're ill or being annoying or being naughty or whatever. It's, you know, it's a... A small thing in your otherwise very lovely life. I'm just wondering, Ruben, if there is something more at the heart of this problem. Your partner has always been very honest with you. He did not want kids. You've been together 10 years. You've had time to sort this out. I just think live life one day at a time. Stop projecting. You don't know what the future holds. So just try and... There's a lot of gay and straight couples that are living without children. Some sadly, some happily. Uh, you at the moment are feeling sad. That may change when you have your lovely travels all round the world. Graham, what do you think?
0: Well, I, I'm so old. I, you know, I for a time when, you know, when you were gay, you didn't have to think about having children. You didn't have to think exactly. about getting married. It was all lovely. And now the poor young gays, they've got. They've got to think about it. Uh, I I think my line is always, you know, enjoy the life you do have rather than mourning the life you don't have. Don't Mm. make this thing, don't make this weird negative uh, ruin your happiness, I would say. And, you know, nobody has everything they want. I'd like a kitchen diner. I don't have one. Uh, but. Oh, Graham, poor you! No one
1: has it worse than I mean, you. Do you know what
0: I mean? And I'm okay with it, Reuben. I just, I just think you not. No life is, has got everything you'd like in it. It's it, there's always some compromise. There's always gaps. And and I think Reuben, in that final paragraph where you're saying life with this guy without kids is better than having kids without him, that's all you need to know. You've done your emotional bank balance and. This the this marriage, this life you're going to be living. Yes, there will always be a bit of a regret. There'll always be oh, I wish we'd had kids, but it shouldn't dominate the life you're living. It shouldn't be the primary your primary focus. You're going to live life with a slight regret. You know, I wish I'd been an Olympic athlete, but that didn't happen for me, Maria. Uh, yet, uh, you know, yet... I wish
1: I'd been Young Musician of the Year, <laughs> but I don't think it's too late. <laughs>
0: Well, what's in those Clarence crackers?
1: <laughs> a lovely recorder that I'm very good at doing Frère Jacques. Up. What about fostering, Graham? Do you think, uh, you know, further down the line, if this tinge of sadness becomes something more, then you could think about fostering. You know, there are so many kids in foster care. Then it's not a permanent thing, but you're giving back and you're giving somebody yep. a lovely life or some lovely time. And it's not necessarily permanent or you could make it so.
0: I have a funny feeling a uh, lovely husband will go say what now? Uh because yeah. I don't I don't think he'll be too keen. But yes, there are those options. You you can do fostering, you can uh you can volunteer somewhere, you would help with kids. You know, there are lots of uh, there are lots of ways of of giving back to, to younger people if you wanted to do that, Ruben. I just feel you know, I know, Yes, I, I. just think you can live a life with a little regret, but it shouldn't dominate your life. And uh, you know, and and as Maria says, you are clearly very happy, very lucky, and and you're about to get married. So don't. I feel like yeah, you're kind of ruining it for yourself. You're 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 kind of making it worse somehow. I don't mean. You
2: know. Yes,
1: I think so, too. I think there is always that. I mean, if it is just a tinge of sadness, don't you think everybody lives with that, Ruben? Everybody lives with something. I wish I'd tried harder at school. I wish I'd got a better degree. I wish I hadn't left that boyfriend. You know, we all have. Life is full of regrets, but you turn Mm. them to your advantage. And it sounds to me like your life is pretty darn perfect at the moment and you're just throwing something into that mix to mess it up. Just have a look and see if everything else is okay in your life, Reuben.
0: The responses, part one. Uh, Sarah Starbridge, a short bit of advice for her. uh, Just get a dog. (laughs) uh, Which is a sort of equivalent to, like, oh, shut up. (laughs) Reuben, I'd really like kids. Get a dog. Okay, thank you, Sarah Starbridge. Billion and Dundee, you need to know that you can't force someone into ha- wanting children where they don't want them. Devote your time to and with your partner and your friends. You may want to offer to take your friends' kids for a night or two to let their parents have a night out or even better, a rest. Then you'll find out if you really want kids. Good advice from Billy and Dundee. Uh, Dean and Nibla the Cat from Brighton. Hello. Enjoy the moment and get on with it. I'm 42 and my future husband and I are still thinking about having kids whilst enjoying our lives together. We check in now and again with each other, but enjoy being the uncles in the meantime. And I have to say, that's the other thing for boys is, you know, you don't have that biological clock ticking in the same way. So there is a kind of a... A uh, kind of a luxury for Reuben for and, and his husband that they can, you know, they can change their mind at some point Angie from Yorkshire, get new friends, okay <laughs> I mean childless ones, get some new childless friends, you can and do have a great life you don't see all the sleepless nights poop and screaming with your friends kids this feeling is just a wobble and it will pass, just be happy there you go. That's from Angie from Yorkshire. And Lee says, count the positives in your life. I've been blessed with good friends who have let me borrow their kids to do activities with. Swimming, cinema and even go ape. It's filled the void left by not having children. I've also been volunteering with children for 30 years. There is a lot out there. Go make some lucky youngsters happy and spend quality time with them doing stuff they enjoy. You can't say fairer than that, Lee. Thank you very much.
1: Here we go. Dear Graham and Maria, I've made a discovery I didn't want to make. I know exactly what my boyfriend has bought me for Christmas and unfortunately, I don't like it. We've been together for just over a year and it's our first Christmas, uh, first time spending Christmas together. We didn't do presents last year as we both couldn't really afford it. So he's gone all out this year and spent a fair amount of money on what objectively is a really lovely necklace. He didn't hide it very well, and I found it in his bathroom drawer the other day when I was looking for a spare toothbrush. (laughs) It's really not my sort of thing at all, and I really love how much he's trying to impress me, but I really didn't want him to waste his money on something I won't wear. Do I suck it up and wear it when he gives it to me so that I don't hurt his feelings, or shall I tell him to return it now so he doesn't waste his money? I'm worried that pretending I love it will give him a false sense of what I actually do like in the future and will risk the same problem at every birthday and Christmas. Help! And that is from Hannah in Gravesend. Well Hannah in Gravesend. I've got a feeling we're going to be getting quite a lot of these problems over the next few weeks. And this is my call out to everyone. Keep the gift receipt. It doesn't have to have the price on it, but people need to change things. We think we're doing a nice thing, getting them something we like and they hate it. So I'm going to go out on a limb here, Hannah from Gravesend and say, tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him. You can say oh, I was looking for a spare toothbrush, clearly you don't live together, so you're looking for a spare toothbrush, um, and then say, oh, it's such a, big him up, big him up, it was such a lovely idea, but it's just not me and I don't want to, you to waste your money on something that I won't wear because money is tight and it's crazy to waste it, and do all of that and say, hey, let's go together to exchange it, and then you'll get an idea of something that I do like, because, you know, You don't really know my taste yet. We've only been together for a year and it was such a a gorgeous idea. I can't bear the fact that I won't, you know. I mean, you just have to be honest about this, Hannah. You just have to tell him that this is not my cup of tea at all, but I love the notion and thank you. I mean, face furniture and jewellery and art are very, very personal things. So it was him going out on a limb thinking, what shall I get her? What shall I get her to impress her? and it will be more disappointing if you don't like it and you don't wear it and he won't be able to conceal, you won't be able to conceal your sadness on Christmas Day when you know what it is. Although it might be for someone else. What was that thing in Love Actually? Emma oh, Thompson, she yes. Found, yes! She found it was for the girlfriend and not her. Anyway, that's, um, I, I digress. Oh, no, Just, that, that, I oh, feel... Now,
0: no, no, no. Now that's all I can think about. Is Hannah, <laughs> is Hannah putting a brave face on and then opening something up and going, uh... Oh.
1: It's a CD. <laughs> Wasn't that what she got, a CD yes. instead of the yes. lovely thing that... Oh, that was hideous. But anyway, I don't think that's the case here, Hannah at Gravesend. So I'm going out on a limb. Tell him before Christmas, go with him, exchange it, be lovely to him and say thank you very much and all of that. It's much better than lying, which you don't want to start
0: now. I don't know. I, I feel oh. like you, you wait. you wait for Christmas Day. You open it. You open it and you go, "Thank you so much," because look, he's put, put a lot of money into this, a lot of effort into this, and so give him his moment, give him his nice Christmas Day moment where you're thrilled and you're delighted. She's
1: not thrilled, Graham. She's not thrilled. Well, she's found it. He she got can't her. Help, she can't he got unsee her. Something. It.
0: There's something so. I, I'm. 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 I'm over Hannah. Uh, I really. Oh, okay. I just kind of think you can't complain that somebody liked you wrong. You know, oh, oh they, they got me a lovely, thoughtful gift. Yeah, nee, no, 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 Just be delighted somebody got you something. Be I think that's delighted. fair whether,
1: if it's your mum or your grandma or somebody that doesn't know you that well. But if it's a partner... You so want them to get you. That's a very important thing. And I want him to get Hannah as well. And I'm imagining this horrible floral thing that probably costs a lot of money but is hideous and she'll never wear. Um, so there's no point. And then I, you, and I feel then like I'm getting she's Hannah. She's waiting until Christmas Day to sort of have to say this horrible thing. Well, you think she should
0: just fake it? Yes. I think there's, there's a big whiff of spoilt brat about this. Uh, just. <gasps> oh, 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 oh. We could have said that about Ruben, but we didn't. No, but also, that's about having an entire family. This is about some necklace found in the bathroom drawer. Just,
1: But it's also about a relationship and yes, where, where they move and, forward. And,
0: and and here's the thing. I'm not saying she fakes it forever. I'm just saying on the day you fake it, and then, you know, in a week or so, you kind of go, oh, I was thinking, you know what? Do you mind? Do you have the gift Because actually I don't wear necklaces that much. I wonder if I could take it back to the shop and get some earrings instead. Do you mind? Or I actually what I'd really like is a bracelet or whatever. Just say yeah, something. And he'll
1: say then he'll say, But you said you loved it on Christmas Day. Well how what's changed between now and then? I don't even know you at all. We're over.
0: Yeah, and then great. <laughs> Hannah can take it back and just get the cash.
1: Don't hate on Hannah, Graham. I think if she's got to wait for another however many days it is until Christmas Day with this dread in her heart, she's found it. What she needs to do is fess up to finding
0: it. I was looking for a toothbrush. And here's the other thing. I'm really sorry. Here's the other thing. Was this for your mum? Bring your own toothbrush. She she wants a free toothbrush and a necklace she likes. No, she's very demanding. And uh, no, I just think, open on Christmas Day and be delighted. Just be delighted. And then after a few weeks, just kind of go, ooh, I quite like to take the bag. And yes, he'll know he got it wrong, but he'll also know that she spared his feelings. And that's a nice thing to do. Surely.
1: Uh, well, I think we're disagreeing on this one, Graham, because I think why put off the horror and for weeks and weeks and she's got to fake then being delighted with it all and, you know, oh, such a surprise. She's seen it already. It's hideous. And she might as well bite the bullet now and then they'll have got over it by Christmas Day and then she can wear it all over the holidays and say, I love my necklace or my earrings or my And Christmas. he'll
0: know he didn't get it for her. He didn't pick it. It just... You know. If
1: they go together, though, now...
0: But no, but then she'll go, Oh, do you have an extra, you know, two hundred quid so I can get that one I really like? And he'll go, no, What we don't
1: know that, Graham. You are now just extemporizing on well, the Well, I think he should give something cheaper. He
0: should give he should gift her up a toothbrush and give it to her. Because That's clearly what she needs and wants.
1: <laughs> and then she can say, Oh, I don't really like this sort of toothbrush. <laughs> toothbrush. I, I mean you don't know me at all.
0: <laughs> the responses, part two. Vicky. Right, my husband still brings up the time more than 20 years ago that he, brought, that he bought me a Prada bowling bag I knew they were about to plummet out of fashion and did exactly what Maria suggested, we went to Prada together and exchanged it for a beautiful classic red bag which I use to this day but he's still very annoyed about it now the key bit in that is he's still very annoyed about it, he would be less annoyed if you had a Prada bowling bag at the back of the wardrobe he doesn't care that you use that bag every day he just thinks no, you, you, you kind of. I don't know. It just, it just seems. I know what you mean. It's a waste of money to buy somebody something that they're not going to use. But equally, it just seems a bit churlish to kind of go, not that, no, no, you've you you spoilt me wrong. I don't know. Uh, Jonas from Kingston. You should do a bit more snooping now and try and find the receipt. Okay. Exchange the necklace before Christmas. Put the one she chooses where she found the one her boyfriend bought her. Her boyfriend will never notice it's a different one. Now, Jonas, (laughs) okay, maybe you're not that visually aware. I think most people would notice that it's now a different necklace. Uh, uh, yeah, I would. I, I I mean, try it. Try it. You know, we asked for advice, and that is advice for Hannah from Gravesend. So if you want to try that, Hannah, do. But I, I think it'll lead to an interesting Christmas day. Even Kettering. If Hannah and her boyfriend are serious, then Hannah needs to confess. If, however, Hannah can't see the relationship lasting, then fake it on Christmas Day and sell it when they finish. Well, there's nice, cheery advice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be over soon. Then sell it. Yeah, okay. John and Marco are in Lincolnshire. I think that you shouldn't judge the gift. He's gone and got something with thought and consideration and will be excited to give it to you. I think the best thing is to be honest and wait for the day and then say, thanks so much, but do you mind if I change it as it's not really for me? I wouldn't say that immediately. (laughs) Thanks so much. Do you mind if I change it? (laughs) Uh, I think he'll say yes. Of course he'll say yes. Honesty is best. and you know, He'll appreciate that too. Hope it's not a love actually situation though. Eek. If it was, I mean, I would laugh like a drain. If if Hannah opens her present and it isn't this necklace, uh, that would really make me laugh. Uh, I mean, maybe he got it for somebody else who didn't want it. Maybe nobody wants this necklace. We don't know. Maybe he likes wearing necklaces in his spare time. You know. You were the one looking for your spare uh, toothbrush. I think Hannah should subtly suggest to her boyfriend that she doesn't like an element of the necklace without telling him she saw it. For example, for example, tell him she's not a fan of rose gold and make him return of it without even knowing she's found it. Rebecca from, in Birmingham is a manipulative genius. That is really good. That's really good. Walk down the street, look at a shop window and kind of go, "Yeah, those are nice, but I don't like them." Well you know or yeah I'm not I'm not a fan of diamonds I prefer rubies <laughs> Well done, Rebecca. That's very good advice. Hannah, surely, surely one of those bits of advice uh, will help you out of your situation. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel
3: good about.
0: Virgin Radio. Time to meet my guest today. Uh, She found fame as Laura in the superhero movie Logan with Hugh Jackman and then was thrust into all our homes as the star uh, Lyra of his dark material. Materials. season three starts tomorrow night at seven o'clock on bbc1 her name is daphne keen hello daphne hello uh, so this is exciting season three now there was a bit of a break uh was that a covidy break between seasons one and two and and now
4: well, it happened to be a COVID break, but it was a break that was decided upon before. It was f- so that me and um, Amir, my co-star could grow up between the seasons, <laughs> and it would be appropriate for there to be a romantic relationship, basically.
0: Okay, I get, I get you. Yeah, I hear you exactly. Um, that's that's good that yeah. they they wait. <laughs> they waited, and also it's good that you did because I think often with you know with a long show like this mm-hmm. with young stars, often the stars. You know, get too old if you know what you mean. Yes. Uh, so it becomes ridiculous. That... It,
4: beca- it does become a bit ridiculous sometimes. Yeah.
0: But that hasn't happened with this.
4: No, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And so you
0: filmed the whole. It's all filmed in Wales.
4: Oh, I mean, there's bits that we did like on location. We had a bit in Spain, um, and we did a bit in Oxford and in Bristol, but. Oh. Yeah.
0: Maybe Wales And was it nice to kind of come back together for season three? Was it nice to come, kind of the, the old gang back together?
4: It was so lovely I was, yeah, it'd been really weird Because we hadn't seen each other for like a year and a half And we'd been seeing each other consistently For the last couple of years So it was really, really nice to get back together It was kind of like a an eight month long reunion
0: Okay, so uh, obviously you need to be a bit older for this season Because there's a little bit of love in the air yeah. uh, What else can you tell us about season three?
4: Well, I think it's definitely darker I think it's bigger. There's like there's more worlds, there's war, there's storylines, there's it's bigger. It just feels bigger and it feels more mature, I think.
0: And when you walk around and people go, Oh my there's Lyra mm-hmm. uh who are they? Are they young people? Or people are they kind of all ages? Who who do you who loves this series?
4: It's wild because I've never until now experienced such a wide demographic. Like anyone could come up to me on the street and say, Oh my god, you're Lyra Like I've gotten I've gotten older people, I've gotten children, I've gotten middle-aged... Like, got every single person that enters in a demographic could approach me. It's yeah. not like when I did Logan, it was very a very specific type of person who was approaching me. Whereas on Dark Materials, it's just anyone.
0: And those books, those Philip Pullman books, I mean, one, you've done an amazing thing in that the people who love the books also love the series. Because I think they were so... Why you better.
4: Yeah, they were very protective.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they really wanted them to be good. Um, were you a fan of the books?
4: Well, I'll be honest, I wasn't born yet when they came out. So <laughs> when I auditioned, I read them, right? I read them when I got the part. But and now I'm a I'm a huge fan now, but I didn't like I'd heard of them and I'd watched the film. But I was too young for the books.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean I I hear you. And and because the books are so... When you read them, you kind of think, how on earth are they going to film this? So what was it like when you were... I mean, now you know. But with uh-huh. season one, were they just trying to... Were they telling you what it was going to look like? Or were they showing you pictures? This is what you're talking to? or?
4: Yeah, I mean, we had, like... I remember on my fir- first... No, second day, they said, like we're taking you to a farm. And they took us to a farm, like, me and a bunch of other kids, like, Lou <laughs> and Lloyd, Daniel Fox and stuff. And they had nice us, day like... out. Yeah, and they just had us play around with all of these, like, animals, like, ferrets and snakes and stuff. And they were like, oh, so this is what it's going to feel like to have a demon. Except it's your soul. And we were like, oh, OK. <laughs> I guess. And then that was my first day, or my second day. And, something, and then they... We finished in the farm, we got taken back to... That's in production. And then, like, they just showed us puppets. And they were like, so imagine that, <laughs> but it's actually this. And it was like, oh, OK.
2: OK. Yeah. It's,
0: it smells and it's warm. Yeah, exactly. It's just <laughs> yeah. very it's weird. It's a puppet, but it's smelly and warm. And because you've been, you've kind of grown up on this show, mm-hmm. am I right, on in, in, in the 4th of January, it's your birthday? Yes. And that's it's a big one.
4: It's a big one. The big one, eight.
0: The Big one eight. Big oh, one yeah, eight. yeah. Hasn't encountered a zero yet. Uh, one, <laughs> a big one eight. So, presumably, up until this point, you've always had like chaperones and things on yeah. set.
4: It's yeah, it's it's really weird thinking that from January on it's me on my own on set.
0: Okay, just pick, be careful. That's all, right. all I, do. <laughs> I will be. <laughs> Don't get overexcited. <laughs> Are you still filming these dark materials? Is it all done?
4: No, we're all done. That's it. That's it. This is literally, right now, this is my last piece of publicity for it as well. Oh, wow, I mean... This is a goodbye.
0: Which is huge, because it's sort of been nearly half your life. Yeah. Because when did you get... You got cast and you were 11?
4: I was 11 when I was auditioning for it.
0: So that, I mean, yeah, yeah, practically half your life. Wow. So this must be quite emotional that you're saying goodbye to the whole thing. Oh,
4: yeah, so emotional. But I haven't, like... I've had moments of clocking that it's over, and then I think yesterday... I was like, oh, wait, it's, like, over, over. We had the premiere and I was like, oh, it's out there and it's it's for people to see.
0: Because when it... Did it wrap in one... You know, was there a kind of a, a, a day when you knew this is my last day of filming, or did that kind of dribble on for ages with you doing little bits here and little bits there?
4: No, we had, like, one definitive last day, but, like... I think I was with Amir, and me and Amir have such a nice time on set that we were just really distracted and messing around and stuff. And then they said, that's a picture wrap on Daphne and Amir, and we were both like, what? And then obviously we kept on delaying the emotion by saying like, oh, we've got like the wrap party. And then we were like, oh, we've got publicity. And now like publicity's over, premiere's over, the show's almost out. And it's like, oh, it's actually, now it's over. Now it's done.
0: I feel a bit, I feel a bit teary. <laughs> it's all done uh, now. Daphne, you play Lyra. Did you know that Ed Sheeran named his kid after you?
4: Um, well, I was told this, yeah, and I had a little freak out on set when I was told. <laughs> Because, what the hell?
0: Yeah, I know. That is kind of what the hell. Uh, yeah. yeah. Actually, you probably will meet lots of liars in about kind of, you know, 20 years. You'll meet lots of people who are called liars.
4: I mean, I hope so. That'd be really nice. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you'll be like, I'm called Daphne. Yeah. You're Daphne. It's one of those Daphnes that makes me nervous because I look at it and kind of like, is it Daphne? Is that a Spanish spelling of Daphne? Or a... It's a
4: Spanish spelling of Daphne. It's an agreement that my parents came to because my dad's English and my mum's Spanish and my surname's English. So my mum was like, so we'll spell it in the spanish way so it's kind of balanced
0: very good but it's daphne. pronounced daphne <laughs> good <laughs> yeah. i'm on it i'm on it daphne uh, uh, tell me this when you like what was the audition process like for this were there just were there thousands of young girls kind of going up for this thing
4: well i think they were i i did a bunch of auditions like i said i started auditioning during logan
0: Okay, so you got low, which must have given you confidence, if you're in a big, big kind of Wolverine movie. I mean,
4: in a way, yes, but in a way, I didn't really know what was going on. I was just enjoying my time on set. Like, I think when you're that young, you don't really know what's going on around you. I was just like, okay, cool, I'm on a film set. Like, I didn't know what was happening.
0: Have you seen Logan since? Have you seen Logan kind of now that you're 17?
4: No, but I should, I think, because I don't think I clocked what was happening on set. I was just, like, really having a nice time, yeah. and I was like, oh, lovely people, but I didn't know, like, the scale of it.
0: Because I, I, I think if I if I saw something that was when I did when I was 10 or 11, mm-hmm. I'm sure I wouldn't remember huge chunks of it.
4: Yeah, I think, I don't know, I, I actually think I should watch it again because it was...
0: It was very good. I remember being very good. You should watch it again.
4: (laughs) Okay. cool. yeah, that's a good idea. So you're you're in
0: Logan and they kind of go, oh, by the way, and now you're being considered for this huge role in this massive big TV series. So was it all on tape or did you have to go places?
4: Well, I taped... So I taped while I was on Logan a couple of times and then I didn't hear back from them. So I was like, okay, so I haven't got it. And then a year later when I was filming a different film in Puerto Rico on my only three days off in the summer, I got an email from them being like, we need a self-tape from you in a Cockney accent in the next 24 hours. And I was like, um, okay. So I'm like, okay, I'm on it. And I was like, let me, get, let me go get a dip in the sea and then I'm like ready. Cause it was like my three days off, it was the beach. I was like, I actually need to have a swim before. So I went in the ocean, had a little swim, got stung really badly by a jellyfish, <laughs> like across my face. Was like putting all sorts of stuff on my face. We're in this tiny island off the coast of Puerto Rico that had no hospital. First time I've ever been stung by a jellyfish. My mom's like, "Okay, maybe my daughter has like an anaphylactic reaction and just dies." It was actually quite terrifying. And then when I was fine, I was like, "Okay, cool." And we just like asked the hotel for a bunch of lamps from different hotel rooms, and then had like a really precarious setup. And then I learned a Cockney accent in about an hour. And then I sent my tape, and the Wi-Fi was really bad, so it didn't get there until, like, four hours after the time it was supposed to be in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm never going to get this. Like, I've sent it in with, like, a red, puffy face (laughs) and, like, a very bad Cockney accent. And they were like, oh, we'd love you to have a chemistry read with Ruth Wilson. And then I came in for my chemistry read with Ruth, and then... I'm here now, so, yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: And what would be so strange for the people like Ruth Wilson is, you know, she started this job with a child and now Mm. she's finished this job with a young woman. I mean, that you've grown up around her.
4: It's surreal. It's really weird because I think I've really noticed it in the conversations I have with people on set. Like, the way that people treat you is very different and I think that's how I realised I was growing up, that people suddenly, like... They'd come and they'd actually have conversations with me, as opposed to being like, "Oh, so cute." Like, no, no, no. And then, in the last season, people would come and we'd like have conversations. They, they tell me about their problems and then advice. And like, it was just very weird thinking back to how people were treating me on season one, which was kind of like very protective, yeah. and very like, "There's a child on set," which there was a <laughs> child on set. There was literally like a 13 year thirteen-year-old on set. So it's very, it's very curious to like see how. I don't know how we've grown up on this. It's very weird.
0: And now that the season, you know, you've completed this enormous body of work of his dark materials. Uh-huh. It's a massive thing. Um, are you going to take a break? Do you think you might go to college? Or are you just going, I am a working actor now. Let me loose.
4: <laughs> well, I'm filming at the moment. I'm kind of, like, taking the jobs I want to do and really enjoy. I'm not trying to film all the time unless I love the projects I'm doing. Um... I do, I'm kind of thinking when I finish this job, I've got something else lined up, but after that, I'm going to try to take some time and I want to, like, do some courses and study with people I admire and, like, go abroad and travel and learn and film more. I don't know, just take everything as it comes absorb as much as i can from the world
0: well such an exciting time to be such an exciting time to be daphne keen uh congratulations on his dark materials season three starts tomorrow night at seven o'clock bbc one and of course it's all on iplayer uh that's it it's a it's a wrap on his dark materials the rest of your life awaits.
4: No <laughs> <The> pressure. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure.
0: All right, take care. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. in and seeing us and Thank sharing you. this moment with us. Take care Thank now, you. Daphne. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah, you can say that now. Yay. Merry Yay, Merry Christmas. There's more to come. We have two Christmas competitions and we speak to Richard Armitage about his new exclusive audiobook, Geneva. But first, Merry Christmas, Martha.
5: Merry Christmas. It, oh, it feels Christmassy in here. It does.
0: You were just saying <laughs> you, you got your snow ride from Brighton.
5: Yes, I travelled in a snow globe all the way here. Just the train through Sussex in the snow is just. I've never seen it like that before. Beautiful.
0: Lovely. Most people listening are going, train? I know. (laughs) The only train we know about the snow. Uh, (laughs) What was the train part of that story?
5: (laughs) I know. Would you believe it? Thameslink's very reliable these days.
0: OK, so if anyone <laughs> wants to get on a train today, go to Brighton. Yeah. Uh, if you're missing your train action... It's
5: worth it just for the journey, honestly. It's beautiful. Oh, lovely.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I'm so glad you made the journey because... Oh, the smell's wafting towards me right now. <laughs> uh, you have made another in your series of the best. Today it's the best...
5: The best Christmas gravy.
0: Christmas gravy.
5: But you'd be pleased to know not I haven't just made you a vat of gravy to just sip with mm. a spoon like a soup.
0: I know. I, honestly, I would have been happy with that, Martha. But, oh, you're spoiling us. You've made lovely roast potatoes and Yorkshire yes. puds and things. And, what, and the bowl is cranberry?
5: The bowl is cranberry sauce. So I thought today we'd talk about getting ahead with some of the bits that really make the Christmas meal great, but that always get left till the end and people go, oh, no, crack open a jar of cranberry sauce which is what I've made from scratch today, and also the gravy. I, when I used to make roast dinners, I would always leave the gravy till the end. When you're flapping around, especially on Christmas, when there's so many other things to be doing, you, people walk past, people are putting in random things, and it just ends up being a bit of a mishmash of, of not very nice gravy, and then it goes yeah. on top a of meaty, everything. A
0: meaty punch.
5: <laughs> yeah, you just I've... don't want that. <laughs> but do, what
0: do you do? Do you freeze your gravy then? I do okay. So you
5: could have made... This recipe column actually came out two weeks ago because it was saying if you want to be that that organised, but realistically I think most people might be doing it this week in the build-up, but yeah, you can make it, you can freeze it for up to three months or you can stick it in your fridge for a couple of days so you could do it a few days ahead.
0: Wowza. I'm very impressed. Oh, okay. Um, uh, well, let's not get to the recipe yet. Uh, so, so and the cranberry sauce you don't need to freeze, you just pop that in the fridge?
5: You can just pop that in the fridge and it's actually really easy to make your own cranberry sauce. Only four ingredients.
0: Only four ingredients? Yeah. One of them is cranberry. Uh, is <laughs> Correct. No, is another one sugar?
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. You, you could get them all.
0: Sugar, water, uh, <laughs> is there orange peel or something? Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's four. Okay, we're done.
5: me giving it away,
0: Grim. I'm, I'm done. down. <laughs> Don't know! What are we going to talk about after Razor Light? Uh, Okay, I'm going to be dunking some uh, roast potatoes in delicious Christmas gravy and cranberry sauce, and we'll find out how to make them.
5: So, the best Christmas gravy starts with you would think turkey, but obviously. It's very unlikely you're having your turkey lying around a couple of days before Christmas. Yeah. So if you want to get ahead with this, we're going to use chicken wings as the basis of our stock. And these are really good value in which I think it's like pound fifty for a whole big packet of chicken wings. So you can use that for the the basics of your gravy. So you're going to take an onion, chop that off with the skin on. Say what now? I know. Sounds okay. weird, but the skin is what all contributes to that lovely golden colour in the gravy. Because it all gets strained out at the end. So give it a wash. Okay chop it up leave the skin on yeah, stick yeah, into yeah. a roasting tin with gotcha. some celery and carrots and the chicken wings and some rashers of smoked bacon so you get that lovely smoky flavour okay that's all going to roast for an hour and you want it to be almost not burnt but like on the edge of You want it really caramelised because you you don't want a wishy-washy pale gravy. You want something rich and dark and with that deep flavour. So you take it to the edge (laughs) and then take it out of the oven. We're going to add in some flour, um, which will thicken it. And this, I do a little trick with the flour, which is very simple, but you just brown your flour in a frying pan for a couple of minutes and it turns a golden colour. And again, this contributes to that richness and that deep, deep colour. Okay. So a couple of spoonfuls of that go in, give it a good mix, then we're going to put some white wine in there, bubble it off, then we're going in with some chicken stock, a bay leaf, and it's going to simmer for half an hour all and It looks like a weird big stew at this point. (laughs) And then we're going to strain out after half an hour, and the gravy will be really reduced and really lovely and thick, strain out all of those bits, and then best part of gravy comes at the end so you've got to taste it and then you've got to be the judge <laughs> of what it needs because all kind of fruits i mean not fruits what i mean vegetables and chicken will release different amounts of flavor so if it's a little bit too salty you want to add a bit of cranberry sauce so that it kind of mellows it out a bit and gives okay. it that sweetness if it's a little bit too bitter lemon juice Give it a bit of acid to raise it up a little bit. So you want to play around with these different things. If it's not seasoned well enough, add some salt and pepper and then give it a taste <laughs> and then strain it into your jug or okay. freeze it.
0: And the straining, presumably, is the, how you get rid of any lumps that might be with your flour or the flour that didn't dissolve or something.
5: Exactly. I, I put a little bit of chestnut puree in there as well to thicken it up. Oh, and now, add she, tells a bit now of sweetness. she tells us. I realised I forgot about it. <laughs> and that's quite good because it thickens without lumps because it's not got the same clumping properties as the flour <laughs> oh okay so you've got both in there
0: so you both again but you can kind of smooth out any kind of lumps in the straining process
5: exactly and okay. then on the day so if you've made this in advance and you, you want to reheat it and then pour in juices from your turkey so you get all that lovely fresh you don't want to waste that mm. so add that in and if you want to make it on the day stick your turkey giblets and the neck and stuff in with the chicken wings or instead of the chicken wings and use that as your roasting roasted base
0: Okay, Uh, I mean, that's a big oven if you're doing all of that at the same time. (laughs) Exactly.
5: No one's oven is big enough for Christmas Day. So that's why getting your gravy ahead of time means you're not going to be standing over a big steaming pot for the last half an hour. And we've
0: got four (laughs) ingredients in our cranberry sauce. Uh, What are we doing with them?
5: So you literally want to take the orange juice and zest, cranberries, fresh cranberries or frozen ones, if that's what you can find. And some water and some brown sugar all goes into a pan, bubble that for 15 minutes until it's lovely and jammy. And then we're going to add port at the end Mm. could go with brandy if you rather a brandy sauce but port is lovely because it's got that ruby red color yeah mix that in put it in a jar put it in the fridge
0: Wow. Okay. Both brilliant recipes. Uh, They will be heading on to the Waitrose Hub. They're not there quite yet, but they will be there on the Waitrose website. You go to waitrose.com slash showchef and you can see all of Martha's recipes. And if you want to get them ahead of that, you could check out the recipe on our socials at Virgin Radio UK, which also features some visuals, ladies and gentlemen, visuals of the whole thing. Uh, What are we getting tomorrow?
5: So tomorrow, the final instalment in the Christmas series, we're having stuffing... Ooh, yay! <laughs> I might have to save some of that gravy for tomorrow. <laughs> oh,
0: only one more sleep till stuffing. Yay! All right, enjoy your Saturday. And Thank we'll you. see you back here tomorrow. Martha. <laughs> Yes, with extra bells on you, poor thing. <laughs> uh, did, did you at times think you were never going to make it?
5: There, uh, there were moments. To be honest, I feel like they listened to me yesterday when I was saying about the view on that train. Oh, it's so lovely. So they thought, <laughs> right, we'll slow it right down. She, Martha, wants to look at the view. <laughs> five miles an hour, but you know the view was still nice. Yeah, we found and, and, the bright side. And also, side. <laughs> you're not
0: exactly—it it actually was going at five miles an hour the train.
5: <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> for a part of the line. Anyway, we're here. You have your Christmas stuffing as the final instalment in the And it is fully
0: cooked. It's not just to look at. I promise it's fully cooked. It has been (laughs) probed. (laughs) Uh, So what makes this uh, stuffing so special?
5: So this stuffing actually came about as kind of part of a disagreement. (laughs) Um, So when I first had my first Christmas with my husband's family, his mum, my mother-in-law, makes a great stuffing, but it's like one of the dry Kind of um, vegetarian stuffing, bread crummy stuffing. Bread, bread stuff. It's almost oh, yeah. like a sprinkle that goes over the meal, which is delicious. But I've grown up always with like sausage meat, hefty stuffing. Mm. And that was kind of missing from the table. So I thought, wow. But but I love both. Can I just
0: say, you're a very brave daughter in law coming on the radio. <laughs> dissing, well, dissing your mother in law before Christmas. I'm not dissing
5: I mean, Audrey, you have to know. It's not a diss. It's just. <laughs> I love your stuffing, but I also it's a love disagreement. This. I also love my mum's stuffing. So I thought, now I'm in the family, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I'm going to combine the two. <gasps> so that's what we've got. OK. So I've got mother in law stuffing on top of my mum's stuffing. <laughs> OK.
0: Uh, and it's it's dried fruit and nuts is kind of the basic. And is it, is it sausage meat?
5: So, yes. So the bottom half of the stuffing is a sausage meat stuffing with some lovely dried fruits in there to give it a little bit of bite and some nuts and pistachio nuts for a bit of Christmassy green. And then on the top, we've got this lovely crunchy breadcrumb, bacon and onion, sage crumb yeah which kind of presses in so you get this lovely crunch and that kind of little sprinkly bit and then you have the sausage meat underneath. and
0: stuffing is now because stuffing used to be stuffing stuffing used to be inside the bird yes and now stuffing seems to be served as an extra thing
5: <laughs> yes and i to be honest i do think that is wise because the more if you stuff your bird it's quite risky if you stuff it too full you risk not cooking it properly or you dry out the meat on the outside so intensely to cook the stuffing right in the middle and also it doesn't get crispy, it just is a bit, yeah. you know, soggy. So I, if you want to put stuffing inside, put a little bit, but don't pack it too tight or you'll yeah, yeah, yeah. stop, you'll take 10 hours to cook that turkey.
0: And it won't be very nice. <laughs> and it won't end. be very nice. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. so
5: do your stuffing on the side. And some people, you can roll this mixture into balls if you rather have stuffing balls, but I do it in a big loaf tin because I quite like slicing it into big slices. And also
0: then the next day, it's lovely, isn't it? Oh yeah. yes,
5: in a Christmas sandwich.
0: Oh yeah, old stuffing, old <laughs> stuffing with a bit of old cranberry sauce. <laughs> Uh, on some bread. Oh, lovely. That is nice. Already I'm looking forward to Boxing Day. Uh, right, we are talking to Martha Collison, show chef. She has made all oh, the most delicious stuffing, I know, because I've just stuffed my mouth full of it. Uh, how do you make that?
5: Oh, So, we're going to start with getting some onions, some bacon and some garlic sweating off together in a pan.
0: Sweating off together, Sweating lovely. off together. They're the cool gang, yeah. <laughs>
5: and then you want to split them up, so you want to take half of that mixture and put it into a bowl. Mm -hmm. In the remaining half, add some butter and then some breadcrumbs, and this is going to make our crispy topping. So you cook that for a few more minutes in the pan until it's lovely and crispy, then set that to one side. Mm -hmm. Then you go to your other bowl that's got a few of your fried onions and bits in it. Add in your sausage meat, an egg, the rest of your breadcrumbs, some dried sage, and then some pistachio kernels. Oh, yeah. And some chopped, dried apricots. Now, you can use cranberries or other things if you prefer them, but I love the colours the, with the orange and the green and the cranberry sauce on the side. It just, yeah. it just works, and the and also, ap- good. also, apricots
0: keep their moistness, don't they? Oh, of, yeah. yeah,
5: for sure. They just make it lovely and, and jammy in there. Um, so then you want to mix that all together really well until it's nice and stuffing like and I I would recommend using your hands for that, it's a bit messy but it's really really hard to mix that (laughs) with a spoon (laughs) and then you want to press it into either a square or a loaf pan, Mm -hmm. get it in nice and compacted and then you sprinkle the breadcrumby mixture over the top yeah. that goes into the oven then for half an hour. You might want to cover it with some foil if your oven's particularly got an aggressive fan on it because the breadcrumbs will will fly around. Oh, yes, you don't so, want that. So no. <laughs> stick your foil on, or if it's browning too quickly. And that just bakes in there. Then you want to get it out, let it set, sit for a couple of minutes and then tip it out or serve it in your dish, if that's what you'd rather do.
0: And can you make this in advance?
5: Absolutely. You can make it in advance and leave it uncooked in the fridge or you can cook it and reheat it or you can freeze it. And okay. reheat it. So make it today.
0: <laughs> uh, like, I hate to be that guy, but could I microwave this? Could I make it and then microwave it?
5: I actually don't. I don't Martha know saying how no. well.
0: Martha's saying no. <laughs> I'm
5: thinking about microwaving a sausage and I just feel like it could be quite lethal. With like the, all the hot fat in there. Okay. Getting because microbes makes can make things like nuclear hot. Yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> now you're exciting me. Now no, I'm thinking, yeah, let's no put it in. Russian roulette with the stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> There's been an explosion in the laundry room. Uh, uh, okay, so we can't, we, we could, we could just shove it in for the last kind of fifteen minutes with yeah. the turkey. Just yeah. cover
5: it in foil, and you can shove it in your oven. It's one of those things that's not really gonna overdo. Yeah. As long as it's covered in foil, the moisture will stay in. So stick it in whenever, and make, when it's hot, get it out.
0: It is a showstopper. Uh, what are you? Are you doing all traditional this year? Are you doing turkey and ham, or are you going goose, or are you going duck or rogue?
5: We're going turkey. We're going ham. Got a massive turkey, a ten kilogrammer. Ooh. Which feeds, I think, eighteen people. Wow, but that's just as well because we're going to be eighteen people. That is just as well. <laughs> Got a lot of cooking to do, Graham. I always think you know, a, a,
0: big, a big ham, big ham is that. Yeah, that fills oh. plates. Uh, and uh, what oven is that going in, or do you have to like, chop it in bits before you can cook it?
5: I, do you know what, I've actually never done Christmas for this many people before, so we're going to have to wait and see. I think I should probably go home now and start preparing. Uh, I made a spreadsheet. Though, your so. your
0: mother, your mother-in-law will be like, "Well, who's." Clever now.
5: <laughs> I need her to help me. So please, please, Audrey, please help.
0: <laughs> Audrey's going. Yeah, go on the radio and diss my stuff. In. yeah, look at you now. Look, you wanting go in the oven. Yeah, yeah. She's barbecuing it.
5: <laughs> oh. I'm going to sleep for three days after that.
0: I'm sure it'll be marvellous. I wish you a very Merry Christmas, Martha. Thank you, Thank you for all our delicious treats this year. And I look forward to tasting more in the new year. My
5: pleasure. Looking forward to it. (laughs) 2023.
0: Yeah, look at us cooking. Take care, Martha. Merry Christmas. All right. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose.
3: Food to feel good about.
1: Virgin Radio.
0: He's here, ladies and gentlemen, my guest. Uh, You know him as an actor, Richard Armitage, but he's here today as an author, uh, Geneva is the name of the book and his name is Richard
3: Armitage. Hello. Good morning. How are you? I'm very good. Nice to be here. Uh,
0: now, because uh, I've interviewed you about this book before, because I have an Audible book club and you were on with Nicola Walker, who uh, also narrates the book. I was an idiot. I didn't realise it was only an audiobook.
3: Yes, yes. It was a, it was a commission by Audible for their uh, platform to sort of attract listeners rather than readers. Yeah, Is that? Do they do that? Are there many just audiobooks? Um, I didn't really do a lot of research into it, but I I sort of see their point. I think they're trying to... um, They're just trying to... It was like an added bonus, and and I think there was some kind of algorithm that that threw up the idea that I might be suitable to write a crime thriller, Uh, but it was a bit of an experiment, I've got to be honest, because they didn't realise that I could write... I don't think I realised I could write an entire book. And now that you've written an entire book, you must want kind of, oh could could somebody print it out please? I'd like to I'd like to have my book. You know what? I it's very it's kind of the old fashioned part of my brain because I feel like having something physical in your hand proves that you actually wrote a book because it's a book. Yeah. Rather than just a sort of download. So there there are plans. Oh, are there? There are plans, but it, it will be uh, probably a, a year away and so talk to me about the writing
0: process knowing that it's it's going to be read aloud that people aren't going to read this themselves does that change how you write it
3: yeah yeah absolutely i mean i i read every word aloud and i'm I'm slightly obsessed i come from a musical background i trained as a cellist and a flautist and a And, you know, when you, as you know, when you go through your kind of drama training, whatever it is you do, you're always into the sound of words, the rhythm of words. And I just thought the listening experience needs to be immersed in that, like the the sound of words and what words look like on the page is so different. Yeah. Um, and you can get yourself into tricky situations when you write something that just looks great, but then when you say it out loud, it, it's, uh, it doesn't punch <laughs> through. Or, or you can kind of create an inappropriate word out of nowhere. So. Yeah, a little clunky. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I did. And even even in the recording process, I was slightly changing things that didn't work or sounded, you know, repetitive. But no, it was, it was a... a a really unusual experience,
0: and the the story of Geneva it focuses around Sarah and Daniel. So, talk to us about who they are and and how it becomes a thriller.
3: So, the idea came from a little rabbit hole that I'd fallen down during COVID about Sarah Gilbert, who was developing the AstraZeneca vaccine, and I just thought, oh gosh, her life would be so interesting to sort of turn into a biopic. So, when they asked me to write, I already had her in my mind as as a as a basis for a character. So. I've written a story about a Nobel Prize-winning scientist who was invited to Geneva to be the face of a new um, biotechnology called NeuroCell, which is uh, a neural implant. Does, if that rings any bells. Yeah, yeah no, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, but she starts to exhibit a, um, symptoms of uh, early-onset Alzheimer's. Um, and she, uh, the, the four days that she's in D- Geneva, things are done to her uh, in a kind of, Gaslit relationship that she has to Extricate herself from so that That's how it becomes a thriller is sort of Watching her shake off her Oppressors
0: and are is it all About like big pharma is it that kind of thing Or
3: is it yes they're the echoes that's the Backdrop is big pharma um, Technology uh, You know I wanted to set it in a place which Was kind of visually dramatic so it's Very isolated it's at altitude so She kind of is trapped in this Kind of idyllic beautiful place But she can't get away you know, she's, yeah. she's high in the mountains in in some kind of uh, Swiss institute, sort of locked up.
0: And it all sounds like the sort of stuff you'd need to know something about. Did you know something about all of this stuff already? Or did you do a deep dive into these th- into these elements?
3: B- bit of both. Little obsessions I have with big pharma and technology. But also, you know, I'm, a, I'm an avid skier. Anyone that kind of knows me knows that I'm obsessed with skiing. So I've been to the mountains a lot and I find that sort of isolation both exhilarating and a bit creepy as well you know I have you know just the idea of getting stuck somewhere that remote I just I, you know I wanted to write a scene where you know a guy takes a tumble on the mountains, because in, in my head I'm writing a movie that I'm going to be in, so I'm like, why haven't I done a ski movie? <laughs> so I, I sort of incorporated those elements because I thought it might be fun to do.
0: Quick, while well, I still can. Quick, yeah. while I'm still <laughs> able to... Yeah. While well, my knees are still <laughs> exactly. good. Yeah. And uh, and the Alzheimer's element, I mean, memory is such a great plot device, but had that touched your life in some way? Is that why that was in the book? Or
3: Yes, uh, friends... Um, parents and uh, that have been going through this but also I've fictionally I've played a character that had a loss of memory when I was working on stay close and I realized how complicated it is to write but I just thought what a what a brilliant challenge to have somebody that is supremely intelligent suddenly start to question her own sanity uh, because her world is being warped and uh, not to give the story away it's not quite real what's happening to her but I just thought because I was writing it in first person seeing the world through the eyes of um, somebody that that's reality is not what she thinks it is. I thought that would be just interesting to try and voice that from, you know, from Nicola's point Yeah, of yeah, she's, yeah. She's reading it.
0: We should say the audiobook, it's uh, it's not just you. It's Nicola Walker and also Jane Perry? Jane Perry, yes. Oh, Re- OK. Reading
3: The Blogger. Oh, Terry Lander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And was that always the plan, that it would be different voices? Uh, th- they... I started to write uh, about this woman, and and uh, the producer and uh, script editor kept reminding me, "You've got to write yourself a part in this," because that's the whole point <laughs> of us commissioning it. They, we want to hear your voice. So I had to sort of beef up the the Daniel character, but I, I was so obsessed with Sarah, and I didn't really have anybody in mind to read it. But then when um, Nicola's name was mentioned, I just it's. I, I can see why writers get inspired by muses because it sort of started to burst into life. And I, I recalled a scene we'd had together in Spooks that um, where she's kind of tied up on drugs. And I, it, again, it started to inspire the, 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 third, the third part of the, the story. So uh, I was really thrilled that she got to read it. And
0: is, are you now, are you kind of thinking, mm,
3: Richard Armitage, a writer, <laughs> I, I quite like this. I've got a laptop, I'll use it. You know what, I didn't think I would even get to the end of one book But then when you get to the end and it's all done and all finished And you, I, you sort of go through a, a grieving process Because I miss my characters And I miss having that thing on the stove bubbling away So yeah, I've already planned two further books Oh wow Wow because had you ever written had you written kind of uh screenplays or plays i've adapted uh novels into screenplay just as proof of concept but n- not for publication and but when i create a character i i do write extensively i create a biography for the character so i had written free flow but again nothing that would that was ever to be read by anybody other than me yeah uh, so like i said it was a big Experiment on the part of Audible, but I would could have, thought, have been a disaster
0: for an actor. What was to be lovely is kind of the autonomy of uh, I'd like to work. Now I am working rather than waiting for the phone to ring.
3: Absolutely. I mean, and and the thing is, what I'm starting to realize as I've got to 51 years old is that my whole no. <laughs> is that quick enough? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> my, my whole journey from like being from tap dancing at four years old. To sort of being a cellist and a flautist, a singer, dancer, going back to drama. The whole journey has been about, you know, what is it I'm doing artistically? What do I like? And it's storytelling. That's the basis of it. And at this point, I'm like, well, I've got personal experiences of my own now, and I feel uh, I, can, I can share my life experiences through fiction. So it just seems to feel right, you know, added to other things that I'm trying to do as a producer and adapt books, you know, in that way. I, yeah. I think it's an extension of that.
0: And also, it is that thing, isn't it, when you get to a certain age, when you kind of go, no, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I, w- I want to drive this. Car, I want to. I want to be in charge of this journey now.
3: Yes, because you do. You do spend a lot of time waiting for the phone to ring, and sometimes the phone doesn't ring. And I just think I'm not going to be retired. Or it reti- rings in the wrong it way. Rings. <laughs> <laughs> in the wrong way to say no. Thank you. You're fired. But um, yeah, I'm not going to wait to be retired. I'm going to do it myself. You know.
0: to <laughs> Retire yeah. myself. I'm going to retire myself. Self-retiring. Yes. Self-retiring. And and are you in New York? You're in America. Is that full time now? That you're not. You're never coming back. We're never going to see you again.
3: No. I mean, I do. Sp- split my time I've stopped asking the question of myself you know where do I live I I, you know I spend a lot of time in New York I I wrote half this book there I do a lot of recording there when I go to work on screen it tends to be back in Europe or the UK so um, I'm kind of happy with that I'm about to uh, go to Manchester next year to do another Netflix show Uh, oh because this that's been a real success hasn't
0: it those um the,
3: the Harlan Coben, yeah, 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 I mean his the alchemy with Harlan and uh, who's been a great advocate actually and really good person to to take advice from for writing. You know his the alchemy of Harlan and Nicholas Schindler and Netflix has somehow worked some magic. But um,
0: but also that he takes those American books and then
3: replaces them here and has no kind of beef about you know how his uh, um, work is adapted. He's really. He loves that sense of change in the story and, yeah. and uh, he's very flexible. I've learned a lot from him actually of, of not being too precious about your own words and taking other people's advice and bending and shaping it to make it work.
0: And I was, well, I've interviewed him about it and, and I think he loves English actors. Kind of make, kind of embodying his characters. I like think yes. he, he gets a real kick out of it. Yeah,
3: yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Wow.
0: Well, listen. Well, good luck with everything. With you, uh, with the fiction, with the acting, the producing, and uh, a very merry Christmas. Thank you it so much. It.
3: Merry Christmas. To Yay! You too. Uh,
0: the name of the book is Geneva, and it's available now on Audible, and it's right up until Christmas lunchtime. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's there. It's there. Last minute. All right. Thank you very much for coming in to see us. Yes. Yeah. Um, Guest, Guest. Yes, yeah, so we are, and if people get on the line and you kind know, of correctly identify uh, this voice, Dame Judy Dench, she has a reputation for being quite naughty.
1: Naughty. That woman <laughs> should be locked up. <laughs> I mean, she is... I mean she's so naughty. <laughs>
0: They will win uh, Graham Norton Metro's Christmas gift box, including a uh, beautiful English sparkling wine, balsamic relish, truffles, solemn, mince pies, chocolate Benny's. I mean, you know, a big, lovely, Christmassy hug of a treat of a thing. Uh, right. Let's go to the lines. Uh, first up is Kirsty. Hello, Kirsty. Hello. Hi. Where are you?
2: Um, we're currently I'm not sure, somewhere on the outskirts of London trying to get into central London via car because of the um the train strikes. We're up to the weekend from Devon.
0: Oh dear. What time did you set off?
2: <laughs> well we we did stay last night in Newbury at my mother in law's. Um but we'd set off from Newbury about ten o'clock and we've yeah, well, we're not we're not that close to our destination yet. So, well,
0: it's a lovely day in Central London. I think you'll enjoy it when you get here. Uh, you're not giving yeah. up, are you? you? You you're gonna you're gonna plow on. No, no, no. We we want
2: our way to my um, Christmas work day. So we will definitely get there by hook
0: or by crook. Okay, they're limping through the traffic. Good luck to Kirsty. Well, winning a lovely Waitrose with Christmas gift box might cheer you up. Uh, who do you think that voice belongs to?
2: Um, I think it sounds like Lulu.
0: Lulu, oh, it's very tense. It's very tense. Are you right or are you wrong? Are you right or are you wrong? Is it Lulu? <coughs> oh, Kirsty, oh, no. <laughs> Suck in traffic and a loser. Uh, <laughs> You're going to get to your party. You're going to have a marvelous time. This whole day will Thank be a blur. Much. It'll be a blur. Uh, lovely to speak, you. <laughs> lovely to talk to you, Kirsty. Good luck. Oh, there. Oh, don't, don't mock her with your sound effects. Uh, next up, we've got Terry. Hello, Terry.
2: Hello, good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon to you, Terry. Where are you?
2: I'm in Sheffield, snowy Sheffield.
0: Lovely. And do you have plans for a snowy Saturday in Sheffield? Uh, No,
2: I hope not. Uh, I still need to do some Christmas shopping so I'll be running around the shop so I need no obstacles in a way.
0: (laughs) Okay, you need no... Well, we might take some of the Christmas shopping pain away by giving you this uh, big Waitrose Christmas goodie hamper. So let's find out if you're going to get it. Who do you think that voice belongs to Terry?
2: I think it sounds like Dame Helen Mirren.
0: Dame Helen Mirren? Okay. Mm. She'll have worked with Judy Dench. Is it Helen Mirren? Is it? Oh, Terry. Oh, no. <laughs> oh <laughs> Terry at Sheffield. Sorry, you're going to have to go to Waitrose yourself and buy all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas to you, Terry. Thanks for playing. Okay, let's try one more. Let's try uh, Sylvia. Hello, Sylvia.
2: Hello, Graham.
0: Hello. Where <laughs> where are you? In Hazelmere, in Surrey. Jolly what? cold, jolly
2: twisty.
0: Yes, you sound like you're in uh, an empty fridge box. <laughs> uh, quite, a, quite a muffled sound. Uh, where Are you in your house? Yes, yes, sorry.
2: Yes, we are, yeah.
0: <laughs> v- very good. You're hunkering down. You're hunkering down. Have you got a, a, any, yeah. any plans for today?
2: Well, as soon as you finish, um, I'll be taking my uh, greyhound out for her second walk, and then I'm going to do some cooking inspired by Martha. I'm going to make um, cranberry sauce as a minimum, and see what else I feel like making. Oh,
0: do. And uh, what's your uh, what's your greyhound called?
2: She's called... Well, her racing name was Twiglish Tallulia. Uh, the kennels called her Tulula and we shortened it to Tula, because it was all a bit of a mouthful. So yeah, she's re- called Tula.
0: So is she a retired greyhound?
2: Yeah, yeah, she was a racing greyhound. We've had four. She's our fourth.
0: Aww, how old? how old is Tula?
2: She was 12 on the 1st of December. She's sitting, looking at me now,
0: waiting for her walk. Oh, spindly legs on the ice. She's like Bambi. (laughs) All right, Sylvia, let's see if we can cheer up your day with that Waitrose Christmas gift box. Who do you think that voice belongs to? I'm pretty
2: sure it's the fantastic Leslie Manville.
0: Is it Leslie Manville? Let's find out. Sylvia, I'm so pleased. I hope the cheering didn't startle Tula too much. <laughs> oh, I'm so pleased for you. That's fantastic. I was glad we got to give away our lovely Waitress Christmas goodie gift box. Uh, anyone you'd like to say hello to while you're on the radio? Uh,
2: well, all friends um, in the lovely Greyswood and, of course, my lovely partner, Ray, um, and all greyhound lovers all around the world. Who
0: doesn't love a greyhound? Uh, listen, have a lovely, <laughs> lovely Christmas. Uh, thank you thank for playing. You. Take care of yourself, Sylvia. Now, go walk Tula. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, 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 bye Oh, congratulations to Sylvia and Hazelmere for winning the Waitrose Christmas gift box, uh, courtesy of Virgin. Uh, well done to her, and thanks to everyone who called in, whether you got on air or not. I oh, yeah. It's time for the Waitrose Christmas Cracker Competition. And basically, everyone's a winner. We've got three crackers. There's a prize in each one. One of them contains the uh, Hester Waitrose Blood Orange and White Chocolate Quinelle. When will I stop saying the word Cornell? Uh, the next one, another one has the Waitrose Christmas gift box, which has a sparkling wine, balsamic relish uh, chocolate truffles, Stalin slices, hot chocolate pennies and lots of Christmas goodies. And one of them has £500 to spend at Waitrose. OK, let's get some players on the line. First up, we've got Diane. Hello, Diane.
2: Hello. Morning to you.
0: Morning to you. Merry Christmas. Where are you? Uh, I'm in Cheshire. <gasps> Lovely. Uh, all right, Diane, let's see what we're going to give you. Uh, first of all, I've got a little Christmas question for you. OK. okay. Uh, complete the title of this Christmas song by the Pogues and Kirsty McCall. Fairy tale of...
2: New York.
0: <gasps> are you right? I believe you are. <laughs> oh, yes, you are. Marvellous. All right, pick a number. Pick a number. Do you want uh, cracker number one, two or three? Number two, please. Number two. The fragrant Stu Elmore is in the studio. He's going to be pulling the cracker with me. OK, Stu, here we go. Here we go. Oh. OK. And... Also, oh! Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. OK. You have won... You ready?
2: Yes.
0: You've won £500 to spend at Waitrose work oh. this, oh, this no. Christmas. Oh,
2: that's That's amazing. Thank you very much. I'm so happy for you. That's fantastic. Uh, Wow, thank you.
0: Hey! (laughs) You get to go shopping. Anyone you'd like to say hello to while you're on the radio?
2: Uh, yeah, I'll say hello to my sister Jill, who fell over on the ice yesterday and hurt her ankle. I hope she's, I hope she's okay.
0: Oh no. Well, you can buy something nice in Waitrose. <laughs> oh yeah. Or, or not. <laughs> <You>
2: <laughs> oh gave, no, I'll, sh- I'll you gave share her,
0: it. Yeah, you gave her a shout out on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> she, she'd mm-hmm. like to see you happy. Uh, all right, Merry Christmas to you, Diane. Take care Thank of yourself. Thank
2: you. Thank you very
0: much. Okay. Uh, next up is Lynn. Hello, Lynn.
2: Hello.
0: Hello, the five hundred quid is gone, but there's still prizes to win. Right. Uh, I know, you're you're game, aren't you? Where where are you, Lynn?
2: I'm at um in New York Siddale.
0: Oh beautiful are you snowed in?
2: I am, iced in. I drink outside oh. If I was 20 years younger, I'd be able to go out <laughs> <laughs> Not <Yeah>. me <laughs> but you're, you're older and
0: wiser than that now, Lynn. So, yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah, you're staying in uh, Right, let's ask you your qualifying question In the traditional story of Christmas How many wise men are there?
2: Three
0: Are you right? I believe you are Yes, you are. Yes. Alright, uh cracker number two is gone. Would you like one or three? Uh
2: I'll have number
0: three, please. Okay, Lynn's going for number three. Alright, here you go, Stu. Okay, come on, come on. Hey! Yes, Stu yes, got it. Alright, what, what is Lynn getting, Stu? Uh the White Trice Christmas gift box. Yay! Thank you so much.
2: That's the sparkling
0: wine and all sorts of Christmas goodies, the solid slices, truffles and everything. That's a gorgeous prize. Uh, Well done, you. Anyone you'd like to say hello to, Lynn? Yes,
2: my husband, Fern, and my children, Dominic, Jonathan, and Rachel.
0: Yay! Congratulations and Merry Christmas to you. Take care now. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye
0: -bye, bye Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. And finally, we've got Chris in Norfolk. Hello, Chris.
2: Hello, Graham. How are you?
0: I'm very well. I think I know what you've got, but uh, I think I do too.
2: You can say Quinelle again.
0: (laughs) You can say that again. Um, It's a show-stopping Christmas dessert. You'll love it. (laughs) Uh, Let's see if you're going to get it, though. You've got it. You've got to qualify. Uh, Traditionally, traditionally, what do we call the 26th of December? So the day after Christmas Day. What's that called?
2: Let me think. Boxing Day.
0: She's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's all looking, it's all looking good, unless there's a disaster. I think I see a quinell in your future. Hang on, one, one second. Here we go, Stu. Come on. Oh, oh, oh! oh I didn't. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't do anything. Bang. No, bang. it's a faulty. It's a fault. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't get a banger if it's a quinell. <laughs> it. that, a it. Now. Let me just check. Yeah. Oh, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I don't know which one's right I'm going to give you which Okay Because I opened the cracker And it said you were going to get some uh, Fig and pear mince pies Would you prefer a quenelle Or would you prefer the Fig and pear mince pies Triple cheese oh, pastry Oh definitely a quenelle a quenelle it is You wanted a quenelle You've got a quenelle uh, Is there anyone you'd like to say hello to Chris While you're here
2: Yes, please, my gorgeous daughter Jamie that is poorly with Covid at the moment in Beckenham. Oh,
0: dear. Well, you can send her a quinelle to cheer her up. (laughs) Quinnell's all round. He thank you so much. <laughs> and Merry Christmas to you, Chris. Thanks for playing. Take care. Bye. Thanks Bye. to everyone who registered today. Thanks to everyone who got on air. Congratulations, Diane, who got the 500th. And thank you very much to Stu Elmore Thanks. for pulling his crackers so beautifully. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. And hey, make sure you are following us on our socials at Virgin Radio UK to see everything from Graham's Guide to gorgeous dishes from Show Chef Martha. Merry Christmas and speak to you next year.
3: The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio.